Good morning, everybody. Happy to be Shvat. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Samech Ches in Maseches Psachim. But, Kalman pointed out, I butchered a little uh, section at the end of Samech Zayin on Bez. I'll say it outside. I got turned around a little bit because, we you'll recall, we were talking about the different, and we'll still talk a little bit today. Today we have an exciting day. It's going to go down to, in, in levels of Tumal, almost to like the 49th level of Tumal. We'll talk about Balkari and then Baal Nida, and then all of a sudden, talk about Olam Haba. So it's going to be a little whiplash, so I'll give you a heads up. A lot of uh, Agarita's uh, source for Olam Haba. Okay. Tchiesa Mesim, etc. Now, but before we get to that, so we talked about the different levels, right, of the Zav, the, the Mitzorah, in, in increasing intensity, it's the Tame Mes, right? So the way the Gemara expresses it is, how many Machanas are you being expelled from? Are being distanced? So we'll start from the inside out, okay? So the inside is the Machana Shechina. If you're a Tame Mes, you're going to get kicked out of that. And then the Machana Leviya, if you're a Zav, you're going to get kicked out of that. Okay, and then you have the Machanei Yisrael, and if you're a Mitzora, which is the highest level of Tumah, right, watch out for that Lashon Hara, because then you're going to get kicked out of the entire Yishuv, right? Okay, so I had spoken at the, at the end of yesterday about Pesach Sheni, that there was this idea that the Mitzoras can't be, uh, can't participate, the Zavim Mitzorim can't participate in Pesach Sheni. But what the Gemara was really saying was that the Pasuk is needed. The Gemara was asking why was the Pasuk needed to say, Vishalchim and Machanei Kol Tzorov, Kol Zav, Kol Nefesh. And so Kalman pointed out, no, the Pasuk is teaching you, this is what the Gemara is explicitly saying, it's just, I got uh, confused, it wasn't so uh, straightforward. It's the Pasuk is teaching you that even Zavim Mitzorim, right, if they show up to the Pesach Rishon out of this, right, everyone is participating. In this carbon Pesach, it's a big deal. Where, where did we learn that it was like um, millions of people were participating in this in this carbon in this carbon Pesach? It was an incredible happening. So if you're a Zav or a Mitzorah, you really want to participate. You show up. You're not allowed to, right? You're you're Tamei Zav Tamei Mitzorah, and yet you show up to participate. The Pesach is teaching you you don't get kares, even though normally to come with this kind of tuma into the base of Mikdash you would get kares. For the Pesach Rishon, if the Zav and Mitzorah show up, it's a lot, right? It's usher for them to do it, but they don't get kares. Okay, so thank you, Common, for pointing that out, and that's what the Gemara was saying. So now, we're 10 lines up from the bottom of Sam Chazayim and base, and we're going to go and explain what the Chol Zav means. Amar Mar, okay, see what it says, Amar Mar? Um, we'll see that this is Rabbi Shimon. Zav the Chol Zav. Why is the Pasuk with the Zav? Why does it say the Chol Zav? What is it trying to include? Larabos Balkari. So as we said yesterday, right, that the Tumas Mace is analogous to Tumas Sheretz, and the Tumas Zav is analogous to a Tumas Balkari. Okay. So, the first, so this is what we're going to first discuss, the Tumah of the Balkari relative to Tumah's Mace and Tumah's Zav. So, so Shimon holds that Zav and Balkari have the same level of Tumah. So the Gemara says, Messiah Leila Rabbi Yochanan, this is where we finished off yesterday, that that idea that the Tumah's Zav is the same as the Tumah's Kari is like the statement of Rabbi Yochanan. The Amar Rabbi Yochanan, that Rabbi Yochanan said two statements. As Rashi points out, the two statements are not relevant to each other. The two separate statements. First statement was Mechilos Lent Mikachu, that the tunnels underneath the, right, the base of Mikdash weren't Mikadish. Okay, that's statement number one, not relevant to our topic. Statement number two, very relevant. Valkari Mishtalech Chutz Lashay Machnos. There it is. That the Valkari, right, has, is expelled two Machnos away from the center, which is the same Allah as Azov. Right? Azov, it goes out of the Machna Shechina and then the Machna Levia, as, as it were. Or in the days of the base of Mikdash, right, the Hechal, right, and, okay, so then, so, so, so then, that's, that's an indication of what Rabbi Shimon was saying, right? That the, the fact is that Rabbi Yochanan and Shimon seem to be consistent. That the Balkari has the same status of Tumah as the Zav. However, Mesvei, we have the following Mishnah in Zavim, which says, Balkari Kimaga Sheretz. There it looks like the Balkari has the same status as what? Uh, somebody who has Tumah Sheretz, which we know is like Tumah's Mace, which means he's only expelled one Machana, right? So when it says, however, the Mishnah is... And it's not really, it's, it's not really saying what the reference is, right? The mission is a little bit ambiguous. You have a mission of Zavim. All it says is the Balkari is like a Magasheretz. 
So says the Gemara, my lav lamachanosam, is it not referring to how many machanos it's expelled? Well, if that's the case, then that Mishnah is connected to Rabbi Yochanan, right? Because that Mishnah makes it sound like you only go out one machane, not two. Right? Because, because uh, again, a Tumas Mace goes out one machane. A Zav goes out two. Rabbi Yochanan saying that it's like a Zav. The Mishnah seems to imply like it's a, that it's a Tumay Sheretz, which is like a Tumay Mace. So the Gemara says, blow the Tumasam. Which is to say, the Mishnah says that the Balkari, like the Maga Sheretz, it's not really saying that it goes out like only one machane. It could still go out two machanes. However, there is aspects of the Balkari that are similar to the, the Sheretz. But how so? Well, just like when you're Tumay Sheretz, you don't have to wait seven days, right? So, so too, like a Zav, right? So too, right? The um, the Balkari, even though he's like a Zov in the sense that he has to go out to Machanas, in you know, we'll say that in parentheses, he is more like, he's not like a Zov in the sense that he has to wait seven days of Tumah. In that sense, in the sense of Tumah, right, he's more like a Tumah Sheretz that he only has to wait one day. Okay. So the Gemara, however, says, so is that really so? That the Tumah Askeri is like the Tumah Sheretz with regards to one day? The two Muslim, you're going to say? Says the Gemara, Hai Tumas Erev Hai Tumas Erev You need a Mishnah in Zovim to teach you that both the Sheretz and the Balkari only have one day? After all. We have explicit psukim. It says Arab, Arab. Explicit psukim for both of them in the Torah. You don't need a Mishnah to teach you that. So therefore, the Mishnah must be talking about Machanosam, as the Gemara says. El Machanosam. Has to be the Mishnah talking about Machanosam. Well, if it's talking about Machanosam, then there's a contradiction between Yochanan and the Mishnah and Zavim. So how do you reconcile that? So the Gemara answers, La, La, Really, it is talking about the Tumah that they both have only one day. Here's what it's teaching you. It's teaching you a different aspect of the comparison of Tumah between the Balkari and the Sheretz as follows. The Balkari, Kimaga Sheretz. They are similar in the following way. That just like a sheretz is metama, what would be a case of onus by sheretz? That let's say a dead sheretz falls on you. Right? Last line in Rashi explains, you not fall all of sheretz maced. Right? A dead sheretz falls on you, so then you are metama, even though you didn't do it intentionally, all of a sudden it just, you see it, boom, you're tummy sheretz for that day. For would be a situation where says Rashi, interestingly, that he sees it, but he didn't do anything, uh, and, and there's no reason for him to expect it, other than he rove machal umishta. The last words of Rashi on Sanchez Ayin base. He ate and drank too much, and that somehow um, led to becoming a Balkari. That would be considered onus, but still, it doesn't matter how you became a Balkari, you would have that tumah, just like you would by Sharetz, and that's the limit of the Mishnah, and that's the comparison of the Mishnah over there in Zavim. Okay. Meisvei, but the Gemara asks, as we turn to Sanchez Ayin Aleph, boil nida kitmei meis. Okay, so we say, right, the Bryce says that if you had a boel nida, his status is like the tmei mace, the tmei mace, lemai. What is that part of the Mishnah talking about? So wait a minute. Right, this is the same Mishnah. I said Bryce, I meant Mishnah. The point is, it's the same Mishnah in Zavim. And the, that Mishnah has a hemshech. So the first part of the Mishnah is saying that a sheretz is like a balkari. So when it comes to the sheretz and balkari, we said that he was talking about the comparison being betumasam. Right, that they both can be matam of the onus. But now we're going to say, wait a minute. So the Mishnah is doing analogies of different types of tumah. So, so letu masam is a sheretz and a balakari. Now we're talking about a bol nida is like its main mace. Now this is going to be a problem with machanosam also, right? Because its main mace we know only is expelled one machane. And the nida is like a zava. She's expelled two machanes. So this is also going to be interesting. So let's see how this, how we work this out. So we say, lemai. What is the bol nida and the main mace? What is this comparison? Again, it's enigmatic. We don't know exactly what it means. It's vague. So we say, ilema letu masam. If you're going to say that the mission is talking about that the tumas boil nida is like a tumah of mace, um, that cannot be correct because, again, the boil nida and the tumah mace, you're going to say, 
you're going to say that what that they have the same degree of tumah and that they're both tummy seven days. So just like we said before, that's obvious that both the balkari and a tumah sheretz is only tummy for one day because it's both explicitly in the pasuk. We have sort of the same thing, but in the more extreme sense with regards to boil nidan tamei Why? Because both of them have a pasuk that teaches you explicitly that you're tummy for seven days, as the gemara says. Hi tumah shivaksiv bay, hi tumah shivaksiv bay. Right? Both by boil nidan and by tamei meis, you have explicit sukim saying that you have seven days of tumah. So it can't be teaching you that they are compared in the regards to how many days of tumah they have. El alav lamachanosam. Mm-hmm. Has to be teaching that a bowl nida is going to be like a tamei mace. Well, tamei mace we know is expelled from only one machane. So you're going to say the bowl nida, that's what the mission of us in in um, in the Zav is uh, saying. And then therefore, now we have the following question. We had a similar question a couple of days ago. Well, we just resolved, right, to say that with respect to the sharets and the balkari, it was talking about the tumah. Couldn't be talking about the machanosa, and we got out of it by saying that it's talking about aspects of tumah when it's besho- when it's beshogeg. But here. Ba'onus, ba'onus as it called it. But here, right, so that was the first part of the Mishnah. That was with respect to Tumah. So we're going to say what? That it doesn't make sense that the Hemshech of the Mishnah that compares Bolnida to Tumay Mace is talking about Tumah. So you're going to say what? That the first part of the Mishnah is talking about the comparison of Tumah of Sheretz, right, and, uh, and Tumay Mace. And now the comparison over here of Bolnida, of Sheretz and Balkari, rather, that was talking about Tumah. And now the Hemshech of the Mishnah is talking about Bolnida and Tumay Mace is talking about the Machanas. Could it be that the two different Mishnahis, the comparisons in the two analogies are talking with respect to comparisons in different aspects of Tumah? One with respect to how many days it's Tumah, and then the second one with respect to how many Machanas you're expelled? So the Gemara, yeah. In other words, me the E-ray, how can the Isa, how can the Isa? He says, what, the, are you going to try to say that the second part of the Mishnah and the first part have to be consistent with respect to the topic? No, not necessarily. That's not proof. You, in other words, you can't say that just because we proved that the, that the Tumas Sheretz and the Tumas Balkari is talking about uh, with respect to their Tumah, that doesn't necessarily mean that the second half of the Mishnah is also talking about respect to their Tumah. One could be talking about with respect to Tumah, how could the Isa, and the other one could be talking about with respect to the Machanas. Okay, so now, so far we're good. If we say that the first talking is with respect to Tumah and the second one is with respect to Machanis, it could be good. Um, only that you have to say that the Bol Nida is going to be a Chiddush, that the Bol Nida can actually go, uh, is only expelled one Machana out. However, says the Gemara, Mesve, we do have a Brisa that says, that seems to imply otherwise, because says the Brisa, Mitzara Chamar Mizav, that a Mitzara, as we know, is more intense than a Zav in terms of Tumah, but Zav Chamar Mitzmeimes, and Zav is more intense than Tmeimes, this we already know, those are the three degrees that we've been talking about, like the classic three. Okay, says the Brisa something enigmatic here. Yotza Balkeri Shitmei Mace Chamar Mimenu. This comes to exclude Balkeri because the Tamei Mace is more Chamar than the Balkeri. What does it mean? So says the Gemara, my Yotza. What does it mean? It's, what's the exclusion here of the Balkeri? Now we, we thought that the Balkeri was like the Tamei, uh, it was like the Zav. We thought that the Balkeri was like the Zav. Remember, we had, we had an issue. We said, the Balkeri is like the Zav, which is expelled two Machanes. So therefore, when the Mishnah and Zavim compare the Balkeri, Right to the the, shari, the the person who's talking from Sharetz, which is analogous to Tzmei Mace, we said that it can't be with respect to Machanas; it has to be with respect to Tuma. So, what does it mean over here when it says that the Balkari is more chamer, that the, the, the Balkari is less chamer than Tzmei Mace? So we say Lav Yatsamiklal Zav Uval Lichlal Tzmei Mace Da Tzmei Mace Chamer Mimenu. Right. So the the straightforward understanding of that price is as follows. Again, the Bryce is just saying that a Matzorah is more Chamer than a Zav, which is more Chamer than Tzmei Mace. That's straightforward enough. That's what we always understand. And then it says the Balkari is an exception. So the Gemara is saying the, more, the most uh, typical way to understand that exception is that the Balkari, even though he's like, sort of like a subset of Zav, which normally would be more Chamer than a Tzmei Mace, the Balkari is an exception. It's an emission like a Zav, but it is less Chamer than a Tzmei Mace. Whereas a Zav is more Chamer than a Tzmei Mace, the Balkari is an exception. It's an emission that has a different kind of Alacha, where it's less Chamer than a Tzmei Mace. That's what you would assume the Bryce means. Okay, and therefore, if it's less chamor, then he'd be able to go into the machane levia. Okay, and so and so that would teach you that this pasuk again, as we were uh, we were dashing before from bechol zav, 
right? It was teach, it, it's it's basically saying like that pasuk we initially said the cholz of it was saying that it means that it's usher for the Baal carry to go out for the machin But if you're going to learn, and that becomes the issue, that's why it's a mezve. The problem with the brisa is in the simple understanding. It's the one that we just explained now that the Baal carry is unique in that it is a kula. Right? It is a kula. This makes it, the Bryce makes it sound like the Valkyrie should be allowed to enter the Machane Levia. That's the Mesve here. Okay? So again, the Mesve is, you have an enigmatic Bryce that implies that a Valkyrie is more Kal than Azov and can enter the Machane Levia, right? Um, just as its main Mesve would be able to. And that seems to contradict our explanation before of the Pasuk of right? Which seems to imply that the Valkyrie is in fact also included and equated with Azov in the sense that he cannot enter the Machan Leviyah. So can he or can he not? Which is right? The Brisa or what we explained with regards to the Pasuk of Echol Zav? So Gemara is going to say no. The Brisa was enigmatic and you misunderstood it. You thought it meant that Balkari was more Kal than a Zav. That's not what it means. As follows. Says the Gemara. Lo Yatsumi Machanet Meis. No. It, it is in fact telling you that the Balkari cannot enter the Machane the same way that it's Mei Meis. V'nichnes Machanet Zav. The Alpha Bab, it's May May's Homer menu, Umut Vemachan Levia, right? Lemai de Domele, Medaminanle. Aha! That the Brysa is really trying to say the opposite. What the Brysa is trying to say, that even though the Tmei Mace is Chomer Mimenum, meaning, even though that in principle, the Tmei Mace is a more Chomer Tumma than the Tumma of the Balkari, because after all, don't forget, the Tmei Mace has to wait seven days of Tumma, and the Balkari only waits one day, right? And still, the Tmei Mace is Mutter Vemachan Levia, right? Despite the fact that the Tmei Mace is more Chomer than the Balkari. It is still mutter for the Tmei Mace to enter the Machane Levia. Still in all, lemai the double lay, which means to say that the Zav and the Balkari are going to have the same halacha with respect to Machanos. So the Bryce is actually teaching you the exact, exactly the opposite. That, that even though the Balkari, right, the Hava Amina was, what we initially thought was that the Balkari, by the Bryce pointing out that the Balkari is more kal than the Tmei Mace, we thought that it meant that he can, right, that he can exit, enter the Machane Levia. No, but what it was really saying was that despite the fact that the Balkari is more kal than the Tmei Mace because it has less Tumah, as evidenced by having less days of Tumah, it still follows the same halakha as the Morachamur Zav, which is to say that the Balkari cannot enter the Machane Levia. Okay, that is what that Brisa meant, and therefore the Brisa ends up being consistent with our Drasha of Echol Zav, and all is well, the world is back on its axis, and we understand that the Balkari and the Zav both cannot enter the Machane Levia, and Tmei Mace and Tmei Sheres, they can, and we are organized. Okay, so now, Okay, the following rice was learned in front of Yitzchak Bar Abdimi. And it was as follows. So we have a Pasuk. This Pasuk is still within the context of the Balkari. So when it comes to the Balkari, it says, it's an interesting Pasuk. The Pasuk is, uh, it says, it says, right? So now the Gemara is going to kick this around a little bit. He says he should leave the Machane, he shouldn't enter the Machane. Okay, so it sounds like it's just being em- emphatic. Like, leave the Machane, don't go into the Machane. But Yitzchak Bardimi is going to get literal here for a minute. So he says, let's break it down. Let's break down this Pasuk like a fraction. Okay, so let's assume that the individual is sitting in the Machane Shechina and he's about carry. So you left the Machane Shechina, fine. Why does it then emphasize and say again, don't enter the Machana? It means to say that the Balkari shouldn't enter the Machana Levia. So we just said before that this is a, an alternative sort of, um, source for the same halacha we said before, that the Balkari is expelled out of two Machanas. It says first, and then it says, Machana one, Machana two, the Balkari is expelled from two Machanas. Fine. Says the Gemara. Uh, as, as, um, right, as the Brysa says, that Rabbi Yitzchak Badimi heard, it says, Mikan the Balkari, Shiyesachotz Machanos. This is a source that the Balkari has to be expelled two Machanas, uh, out. 
But Rabbi Yitzchak Baradimi took these psukim very literally, and he objected to that interpretation of the Brisa as follows. Amar Leh, says Rabbi Yitzchak Baradimi as follows. Akati lo ayalte apikte. He says, what do you mean? He says, you still didn't get into the Machan Leviyah, and already you're going to say, and, and, you, and you've taken them out? In other words, he says, it doesn't make any sense. It says, that you should leave the what? The way we interpreted it before is you leave the Machane Leviyah, and then, I'm sorry, you leave the Machane Shechina, and you end up with the Machane Leviyah. And then when it says you shouldn't enter the Machane, it's talking about you shouldn't enter the Machane Leviyah, but if you left the Machane Shechina, then you're in the Machane Leviyah already. So it's like Bardim, he's taking it very literally. He says, you left the Machane Shechina, and then how could it be telling you not to enter the Machane Leviyah? You already entered the Machane Leviyah. That can't be the interpretation of the, of the Pasuk. The Pasuk just reads, when you read it straight, you have to like build a narrative, and the narrative doesn't make any sense. You're leaving the Machan Shechina, you shouldn't enter the Machan Leviyah, but that's where you already are. Oh, that's what it, okay, so the answer is, right, and that's what he means. He says, you haven't taken him out of the Machan Leviyah. You're already saying, we can't bring him in, you're in it. So to that, Rabbi Yitzchak says as follows. Rabbi Yitzchak Baradim, he says, Ela this is what it means. Okay, so when it says you're leaving, you're not, your starting point is not the Machan Shechina, but rather Machan Leviyah. You're in the Machan Leviyah, and don't forget, we're talking now about about Kari, which we said, has the same halachas as a zav, and therefore has to be, go out not only the machane shechina but also the machane levia. So he says, "Mechus the means you leave the machane levia, and then lo yavel tocha machane zu machane shechina." Wait a minute, and then it says when you shouldn't enter the machane, then it's referring to the fact that you shouldn't go back into the machane shechina. But to that, you might have asked, <laughs> "Wait a minute, he's in the machane levia, and we're kicking him out." So kal why do you need a pasuk to teach you that you can't that you can't go to the machane shechina? Okay, so if you look at the explanations over here. And, and, and possible, there's possible readings in the Gemara, but the, uh, the simplest one is, you're getting kicked out of the Machin Leviyah, okay? So you're like, okay, and you start walking the wrong way, right? Towards the Machin Shechina. It's like, no, 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 buddy, wrong way. You gotta go the other way. <laughs> okay, that's literally how Rabbi Yitzchak Barabdimi understood the Pasuk. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I have to leave the Machin Leviyah? No problem. Like, like, walk straight for the Kodesh you know what I mean? Okay, no, 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 no. Other way, buddy. Okay. So now, the Machifla Ravina. Ravina says, Let's say that both cases we're talking about Machane right? In other words, why is this Bryce saying that you are, in fact, you're expelled from one Machane, and then why is it building this narrative as if we're walking the guy through the different Machanes? Why don't you just understand, Ravina says, why don't you just understand the Psukim simply? It says, right? It's the same Machane, it's talking about Machane Shechina, it's telling you to get out of the Machane Shechina, and it's telling you that if you don't, you have a Lav and an Asay. Right, you get both the love of right. You, you don't do the asay of yitzay. That's the asay, and lo, and you get the violation of lo yavo. But they're both referring to the machne shechina, and just saying you get both. And, and isn't that the simplest way to understand this pasuk? Why are you building some sort of narrative where it's walking a guy through the machnos? So Gemara says no. Imkain lemakra. This is already Birnbaum. I had to I had to walk, like revive him. He didn't. It's not so mukrach in the pasuk. But listen to this exposition here. Imkain lemakra v'yatsa el nechutz lemachne lo yavo el toch, and then stop. If that was the case, it was trying to teach you, says the Gemara, that it was talking about a asay and a los asay within the Pasuk, it wouldn't have said the word machane twice. Right? Because again, the Pasuk says, So the Burman was like, you ever hear a Pasuk fall off a cliff with a full stop like that? What does that mean? But, right, this is how you learn Russians. That it says machane twice. So let's just read it inside. The Gemara says, So why does it say a machane twice? Right. In other words, since it says machne twice, it means two machnas, and that's what the uh, pasuk is trying to allude to the fact. It's alluding to the fact that we are talking about the different gradations of machnas, not the having an assay and a lav, as Ravina suggested, within one machne. Okay. Find that Masora for those rushes. Two dots, middle of the page. Okay. So back to the Mishnah. So if you'll recall, the Mishnah at the beginning of our of our parak discussed the different things that you could do on Shabbos. So among the list of things that you can do on Shabbos that are doiches Shabbos within the Korban Pesach was this very disgusting. 
um, task of cleaning out the intestines of the animal. Why would you have to do that? So Rashi said already on the Mishnah, this is not covered Shabbos, right? This thing is going to be disgusting. Stink all Shabbos long when you're bringing the Karim Pesach like this here and Ere Pesach Shechaliot the Shabbos, because Hashem. So now we're just going to bring some drushas into what this means, and that's going to lead us into some Agadita. You ready, Andrew? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it says like this. My Michu Kravav. What do you mean that you are, what's Michu? What does Michu mean? What are you doing exactly to the, in, in, the Kravav we know, Kravav's intestines. So what are you doing to the intestines? So Ravun Amar, Sheminatvan Besakin. You perforate the intestines with a knife, and then all the disgusting liquefied waste flows out. Yuck. Okay, that's Ravuna. Avchia Abarav says something even more disgusting, if you can imagine. Shirka demiyaya denafka agav duka desakina. That what? You remove, now you're not just piercing it and letting the liquid, um, the liquid waste fall out. You're actually, like, basically scraping off the putrid slime, as Aristotle says, in the intestine, and you have to scrape it off the sides of the intestines. Right? Duka desakina, we, we borrow that phrase sometimes in your death, right? The pressing down of a knife. Um, so, but, but here it literally means you're scraping off the, the gross slime off the intestines. You're not just uh, relieving it. Okay. So, Amar Belazar, my time at the Barav. So, Chir Barav thought you're scraping off. Where did you get all this lashon? What did, how, how do they know what this mechia, what, what, what this means, michui? So it says, well, the Pasuk has a word that sounds like michui. It says, dechsev, v'charvos mechim garim yochelu. Okay, now you're getting into the prophecies of Isaiah, right? All the musr that we get. So what, what, what does that musr mean? In that context, mean the ruined homes of the mechim. Right, the churva, we know what it means. The ruined homes, garim yechelu. So garim is people who live there, right? So people who live there are going to eat. So people who live there are going to eat at the prophecy that the churvas of the people who are mechim, we'll see what mechim means, those people who live there are going to eat. So what does that possibly mean? My mashma, what is this possibly saying? Rabbi Yosef translated as follows. It's a prophecy, when it says mechim, it means rishayim. Aha. So it says, basically, if you're a Russia and you're reveling in your uh, material wealth, Right? Just know that eventually the tzaddikim are going to be eating um, all of your nechassim, all of your stuff. But you see, Rishaya is disgusting people, and therefore mechim is, harvas mechim means disgusting, and therefore when it's talking about, right, in the, in the Mishnah of Michoi Kravav, it means scraping out all the disgustingness. Okay. Now that the Pasuk already brought up that, that now that the Gemara already brought up that Pasuk, it's going to bring the beginning of the Pasuk also. It says, Viro Kvasim Kedavram, right, that the sheep, right, will be grazed. And uh, Kedavram, what does Kedavram mean? So, Amar Abinashim Bar Yemi, Amar Rav, Kimdubar Bam. Kimdubar Bam means like, just like the Prophet said, uh, just like the Prophet said, that the Kali Israel are going to prosper. That's what it means, Rog, Fasim. Kali Israel is likened to the sheep. They're going to prosper and they're going to graze, just like the uh, Nevi'im said. So, ultimately, basically, if you want to just get the Musr out of it, the Geronowitz Musr moment, which we'll bring back, uh, hopefully, Bakarov. So, you're talking about, ultimately, if you think that you're, that being a Russia is going to help you, it's not. Ultimately, the Tzadikim will be the ones grazing, etc. Okay. So, the Gemara asks, My Kim Dubar Bam. What does it mean? Where is it that the prophets, right, gave this prophecy? So, the Gemara says, that, that is what it means with the Hamshach of the Pasuk. When it says, that's what the prophet said. They said, that the Nevi'im said that we're going to, what? All of the churvas of the wicked, the righteous are going to benefit from. Okay, Rava doesn't like this. I'm like, Rava, um, are you shocked that Baya gave the Pshat and Rava was there? The Chavrusa says, maybe it means like this. Bishle makes if churvas kid amras. Okay, if churvas, which we say churvas, Right? So, then they're not going to understand. It means what you said. But has a vav, In other words, right? The Pasuk says, um, So, this is basically Rabbi saying, if the Pasuk says, then it would mean that it means the same thing. But for some reason, the vav, according to Rabbi, indicates that it's two separate kinds of prophecies not related to each other. Okay, really? That's fascinating. Okay. Um, Rashi here, you might have noticed, 
is spills over into Tosfos uh, uh, real estate, right? We have Rashi on both sides. So Rashi on the Tosfos side here, it says, That's a little bit later. That's, we're about to come up to that. Okay, so let, let's look at this Rashi in a second. Ella, that's what it's about. Ella, I'm a rabba. So uh, a little foreshadowing I just did accidentally. Rava has the following shot. It's not talking about the tzaddikim eating up all the nechassim of the rishayim in the future, but like we just explained in Rashi, the direction is like Rav Amarav. What do you say? It's not saying it's going to eat all of the wealth of the rishayim, but rather they're going to be Why? Because it says in one part of the pasuk that the sheep are going to graze. Now he's getting creative here. He's putting this idea of a row of a yiru together. It's exera shava. What is the other pasuk talking about? In micha, the pasuk says that the, that they're going to graze in bashan and gilad, just like in the olden days. What's bashan and what's gilad? Says the Gemara. According to Rava, Bashan is Elisha, Abamina Bashan, right? Elisha came from Bashan. How do we know that Elisha came from Bashan? Shanema, because the Pasuk says, Vyanai Vishafat Bashan. Right? The Yanai and Shafat were in Bashan. So Elisha was Elisha ben Shafat. And Shafat was in Bashan. So Elisha grew up in Bashan. Okay. So we know that Elisha grew up in Bashan, and Bashan is a reference to Elisha. And Gilad Eliyahu. Because we say Eliyahu Tishbi Eliyahu Giladi. Right? Eliyahu Navi, Eliyahu Tishbi, Eliyahu Giladi. So obviously when it's referring to Gilad, it's referring to Eliyahu Navi. Shneemar, but Yomer Eliyahu ha Tishbi mi Tashavei Gilad. So that's how we know that Eliyahu Navi from, was Tashavei Gilad. So what does all of this amount to? Well, Elisha and Eliyahu Navi had uh, one thing in common that was very remarkable, and that they were both, uh, they were able to do Mechai Mason. Uh-huh. So again, just to follow the thread of Rabbi here, of the Drasha, that when it says, Yiru Vashon Vigilad, it's referring to Tchiyas Amesim. And therefore, in the Pasuk, when it says, Vero'u Kvasim Kedavram, it means that the Tzadikim will have the power to be Mechaye Mesim, just as Elisha and Leo did. Okay. So now we have another source, other than Rava, to teach you the same thing. Amar Yishmo Ba Nachmeni, there he is. Amar Yishmoban Asidim Tzadikim Sheikhayu Mesim. Ah. We have another source for this idea that Tzadikim are going to be Mechaye Mesim. Shinema, because the Pasuk says, famously in Zechariah, what? Yeah, so Burma asked the same question. He said, what do you mean tzaddikim? Uh, isn't Hashem being Mechaye Mason? So, first of all, it's funny. Um, you can, might be able to imagine the Dapiomi masters of Zohar here, both Ari Leibowitz and Shalom Rosner on these issues, and then going off with um, trying to, you know, trying to discuss these in Yanim in a logical fashion is a very difficult thing. And I'm reminded of a time where um, I was at a tish, very, very Hasidish tish, and people were asking all kinds, of, you know, the, the Rebbe was there and he was accessible to ask all kinds of questions. And so people, and he was a big Baal Machshava, and so people are, wanted to know about the Muslim Mashiach, and they wanted to know who's going to be Mechaim Mesim, or the Tzadikim, or Kaddish Baruch So he amazingly, unexpectedly, quoted the Rambam, which you don't normally see a Hasidic Rebbe do at a tish. And he said, listen, the Rambam says, uh, I think it's in, in his introduction to Chelek in Sanhedrin, he says, don't really... Uh, you can't ask a kasha from Isis, so to speak. You can't delve into it. It, it. The only thing that's worthwhile thinking about is if it brings you either to Yira or to Ava of Hashem, right? So these are these are things that are very hard to uh, understand, although on the simple logical level, just asking your question, Barry, it would seem that what? That HaKadosh Baruch Hu certainly is Mechai Yolda Mesim, but he also gives the Tzadikim uh, some power to be Mechai Mesim. So now, I don't think it means that the Tzadikim are going to be Right, entrusted with the task of being Mechai all the Mason, necessarily. Um, and I, you know, but I don't know what it means. Maybe it means that Tzadikim will have the power to Mechai some Mason, or maybe it means, like, allegorically, that Tzadikim will be, um, and will have that power, but they won't have to do it. They, they won't have like, any assignment of specific Mason that they have to be Mechai. This is a, it's a good question. Right, uh, and the schus of the tzaddikim, Akash Baruch Hu, will be mechayah the mason. Kalman wants to suggest. Right, so we don't really know how this manifests, but God willing, we'll be, uh, we'll see with our own eyes, then we'll know. 
Uh, in the meantime, just the, what does bring us to Avanira? Coming together at 5.30 in the morning and learning, uh, and learning about it. Uh, as better can, trying to get shot, but... Yeah, yeah, by the way, and Common wants to add that, by the way, anybody who's listening to this in 2075, Common froze this morning on his way here. Then my car, my car dings and tells me, what are you doing? Okay. So, this is a, this is a Pasuk was turned into a song. Of course it was turned into a song. It's a beautiful Pasuk, it's a Charya, right? Very, very encouraging that there will come a day that young, that old men and women will sit in the streets of Yishalayim, Be'ezus Hashem Bekarov, everyone, what? They're going to be so old, and the ripe old age, they're just never, right? There's going to be no Misa, it sounds like. They're going to be so old, and they're all going to be in the streets of Yishalayim, filled with great sages of great ages. Wow. And not only that, Well, the, fir- the same phrase, Mishanto, Mishanti, was actually related to Elisha when he revived the boy. Right? Brought him back to life, as you might recall. Aha. Uh-huh. So based on that, we see a reference to the fact that the uh, Tzadikim will, in fact, be reviving the uh, dead. Okay, now. Since we talked about Atchias Mason, on the third wide line, Ula says as follows: Ula Rabbi Ksiv Bila Mavis Lenetzach. Right, we we see this. Uh, we say this at Levayas Bila Mavis Lenetzach Mulchah. Right, Hashem Dimam Kol Nal Kol Panim. Right, so he says there won't be any death in the days to come. However, Uksiv Kianar Ben Meal Shana Yomus. It says people are going to die when they're hundred. So is the Malcham Mavis going to retire or not? Which is it? We have conflicting psukim. So the Ula answers: Look, Hashem Kambi Shal Kambi Ovdi Kachavim. That by the Ovdi Avodah Zara, the Malcham Mavis is still going to be. They're going to keep the Malcham Mavis in business. But, but the Jews already, the Israelim, no. Says the Gemara, what are the Avodah are doing in the Muslim Sheikh altogether? Like, aren't they just going to peter out? Like, it's going to be a dying industry, literally, for the Malachim Avis. So the Gemara Somebody has to do the work. So that's what the Pasuk says. The, the, uh, right, the idol worshippers, the strangers, are going to tend to your flock, right? Be the plowmen and the, and, and the vineyards. Oh, you know, somebody's going to have to go to work. So it's not going to be the, um, it's not going to be the Jews who are going to live forever. It's going to be the Avdei Kachavim who are going to right, reproduce and they're going to work the land, etc. Okay, so that is Ula's structure. Now, Rav Chista Rami, Rav Chista has two, the two following psukim that he's going to try to reconcile. Sounds like that there will be no longer any moon or sun. Right? They're going to be ashamed, which means that they're not going to shine anymore. However, there's a contradicting possibility. Right? There's a contrasting pasuk in Yeshaya, that says, and both, they're both in the same Navi, that one implies that the sun and the moon are going to extinguish, and the other implies that they're going to be, like, s- multiples of times, 49 times brighter, right, um, than they ever were. So, are they going to be brighter, or are they, they going to extinguish? So, lo kasha, Rav Chisna says, no. Kan kanli So, Rashi explains which is which. Olam ba, the, you're not going to need, says Rashi, the sun and the moon, because the ziv zohar mar right? You're going to be basking in the glow of the ziv ashkina. However, limosa mashiach, you're going to have the Or HaLavanaka Or HaChama, the moon is going to be 10 times, 49 times brighter in Yimosa Mashiach. So we have two different stages. We have Olam Haba and you have Lomosa Mashiach. Ask the Gemara, Ulishmual, the Amar Ein Ben Olam Hazel, Yimosa Mashiach, Elishibud, Machias, Bilvad, Ma'ikla Meymar. In other words, right? How are you going to say uh, that that the sun's going to be way brighter in Yimosa Mashiach? I thought Yimosa Mashiach, you're going to have everything the same except that you're going to have peace. So it says, Idi Idi or Shibus Malchias, right? Not just peace, but everyone's going to recognize Israel and all that. So the more answer is, No, they're both talking about Olam So what does it mean that it's going to be bright or that it's going to be extinguished? Lokasha. Kan Aha. 
So that's an interesting question. What's Machan Shechina and Machan Tzadikim? That's very hard to understand. Our school quotes the Afika Yam, what it basically means. But basically, there's going to be a section, I guess you could say, and it's kind of relevant to us. So we're talking Machan Shechina, Machan Leviyah. There's going to be sort of like a section when it's going to be the Ziva Shechina, and there's going to be a section when it's going to be the bright, shining light of the Tzadikim. Okay, that was, right, so we had Rav Chista, and we had Rula. Let's see, Rava. Rava Rami. Rava had the following tips. Okay, Psiv, Ani Amis Vachaye. I'm going to put to death, and I'm going to make live. Machatzi that it says, I wounded and I will heal. So this, this goes back to Barry's question. Rashem is saying, I'm going to be the one that's going to be Mechayim Mason. But what's interesting here is he says, I'm going to kill and I'm going to make alive. And then says, I'm going to wound, I'm going to heal. So the question is, Here's the, here's the contradiction, so to speak. The contradiction is, obviously, if I can put people to death and bring them back to life, obviously, I can also heal them from their wounds. So it's like a Kalvachomer. Why do I need to state that I can heal them from their wounds once I know that I can actually raise them from the dead? So Rav is explaining. El Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu. This is what Kadosh Baruch Hu is trying to relate to us. He says, "Mashani meimis neimichai kamoshim mechatsti vaniyarope." That I can actually bring you to life and put you to death, just like I can make you sick and heal you. Aha. Basically, what he's saying is like this. Um, as follows. Tana Rabbanon. The Bible says, "Ani amis vachayeh yachol misav echad b'chayim be'echad kedersh ha'olam noheg." It could mean that what he said was, "Well, I take souls and I and I bring them into this world, that to bring them to life, and then at the end of their life, I put them to death." So that not only am I bringing souls into the world to bring them to life and then putting them to death at the end of their life, I also can, if I want, I can put them to death and then bring them back to life just in the same way, right? The same soul I can put to death and then resuscitate it back to life just in the same way that I can make someone sick and then heal them. Says the Gemara, right? Just like when somebody is sick and then gets healed, it's within that same person. That also I can also do the same thing by putting by putting someone to death and then bringing them back to life. And says the Gemara over here, Mikan Torah. And anyone who says that Chiyas is not in the Torah, here it is. is the source of Chiyas in the Torah. That's what it means. It's Okay, Dabar Acher. Another thing is he's saying like this. He says in the beginning, what I put to death, I'm going to make live, and then only then. What I wounded, I'm going to make heal. In other words, first is going to be Tchias Mesim, right? First, I'm going to revive everyone. And then, once they're revived, right, they're still going to, let's say, have whatever uh, sick illness they died from. So, I'm going to first revive them, and then I'm going to heal them. Okay, that's, that's good to know. So, now we turn to some Chesam base at the, you know, hopeless time of 621 a.m., and, and, we, and we have the two dots, the Hekta Chalava, right? We said that we also burn the fats on the, on the Pesach. So, so that was also Dokha Shabbos. The Gemara says, Tanya. Amri Shimon, Borei, Kama Chaviva Mitzvah What a beautiful Muslim. Look how important, oh, this is a beautiful, actually encouraging all the people that are now showing up for davening on time. So look how beautiful it is to show up on time. Why? Really, the Hekta Chalavim Vevarim, it's not, it's not essential to the Korban. And really, you could do it all night. So you could have done it Motzei Shabbos. It's still the Imam Dim Lehem But we don't wait till Motzei Shabbos to do it. Because we have the opportunity to do it now, and even though we could be dochet, the mitzvah is now, and we take advantage of it now. And so much so, that the halacha is that that, right, that mitzvah bizmana, just to do it bizman early on time, is dochet Shabbos. It's a beautiful musr there. Okay. Um, fine. Now, harkavaso ve'avaso. Getting back to more, the two dots, these other things that we did. So there were other aspects of the Korban Pesach. There you had a machlokas between the Tanakhama and the Yazer, whether you can, whether those aspects of carrying the Korban and bringing the Korban are in fact dochet Shabbos. So there is, in fact, a mission Ervin that seems like it's not exactly that's not exactly um, uh, the machlokas 
between Tanakam and Rabbi Eliezer. As it says, follows Raminu. We have the mission here, and it says, You say that if an animal, let's say, has some sort of wart, you could cut it in the base of Mikdash, but not right outside. But if you do it with a Kli, it does. It sounds like it's a function of doing it Bayad versus doing it Bikli. And not this but once you're doing it Bayad, everyone's going to say that it's okay. And, and therefore, the Tanakhama should also say that, it, that, uh, that it's okay to do it on Shabbos. So why does Tanakhama disagree with Rabbi Lazar in our Mishnah? So the Gemara answers Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yosi Bachanina. Both Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yosi Bachanina were aware of this question. They both answered it as follows. So one of them said that, no, that both our Mishnah and the Mishnah Erevin is talking about removing the wart by hand. That one Mishnah was talking about, so the Tanakhama that has the prohibition on Shabbos is talking about a moist wart because that has a more of a malacha to it right that that becomes a, a, prob- a problem when it's moist the khadamar right uh, and hobby of asia and the other one's talking about dry wart the dry one can be removed uh, because it just crumbles and there's no malacha associated with that the and, bo- and the other one said that no both this mission and the other mission is talking about the moist wart and it was a question of whether he did it biyad or whether he did it bikli and so uh, we leave you here. Uh, we send Andrew off on vacation with a discussion of removing moist and dry warts with either his fingernail or his clay. And I uh, hope that we'll be able to use that vacation time wisely. I apologize for not getting too far into some of Chesam and Bays, but uh, I hope we, had, we learned a lot and had a lot of fun getting into it. Maybe Zoha to reconvene virtually and then back live as Hashem on Wednesday. <coughs>